All right, Leviticus chapter number 22. When you think Thanksgiving, you think of Leviticus, right? Well, hopefully you will a little bit when we get done. <laughs> Leviticus 22. Well, it's not as bad as that time I preached on Valentine's Day and talked about pirates. I saw, I, I forgot all about that, and I saw the sermon outline. I was looking at stuff here a couple weeks ago, and I saw that old outline. I was like, I can't believe I talked about pirates on Valentine's Day. But I did. I got that. I don't remember how I worked it all together, but I made it all work somehow. Uh, anyway, Leviticus 22. Two verses here, just a short little, um, short little text verse. Leviticus chapter 22 and verse number 29 and 30. And when ye will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. On the same day it shall be eaten up. Ye shall leave none of it until tomorrow, until the morrow. I am the Lord. Now, on Wednesday nights for quite a bit of this year, from March to August, we did a, a study on the tabernacle. And it started out just talking about the tabernacle and the, you know, the altar and the, the, the candlestick and all this stuff and the, kind of the meaning, the pictures of all that, the typology. And it just kind of grew beyond that. We talked about the different sacrifices. We talked about the different uh, feast days, the holy days that the Jews had throughout the calendar and what all those pictured, what they meant, what they did on those days. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. I was really nervous about starting that series. And I thoroughly enjoyed getting to go through that. And I have to say it's really helped me a lot in my study uh, I know, like, as I've been studying for the, the college course I've been doing and, and going through Kings and Chronicles and things, they'll talk about they offered, I'm like, I know what that sacrifice is, I know what they're doing, and it, it kind of brings out some things, uh, knowing what the what those days mean, what they were doing on those days, and the, what this sacrifice foreshadowed, what its meaning was. And having that better understanding of the tabernacle, the sacrifices, the services, has really helped me personally shine some new light on, on some things as I've been studying. One of the sacrifices that God prescribed for the children of Israel was the peace offering. You find the instructions for it back in Leviticus chapter 3 and Leviticus chapter number 7. It was one of the sweet savor offerings. It was not a sacrifice that was made to atone for sin. It was a sacrifice that testified of the goodness of God. And even though blood was shed in offering it, the emphasis was on the benefit and blessing that came as a result of the sacrifice, not just pay, the payment the sacrifice made, but the blessing, the bounty that came through God. There were three situations that God prescribed offering a peace offering. The first was in thanksgiving, and, and they, they specifically, a lot of the commentary said this would be like you were thanking God for delivering you, like you know, you're sailing on a ship and got into a storm or something, that you would offer this sacrifice as a means of thanksgiving. In completing a vow, if you vowed a vow to God, God, I will, do, I will offer sacrifice if you will, you would offer this type of sacrifice. And then there's also, it's also just voluntary. Just I just want to offer it just because. You really don't have to have a reason. It's just because God's good. I'm going to offer the peace offering. There's a very wide range of acceptable animals that could be offered. 
This one, it could be male or it could be female. There's no restriction on that. It could be cattle. It could be sheep. It could be goats. And even bread was part of it. And it's interesting. This is one of the only occasions where leavened bread was acceptable. You, leaven usually was very strictly forbidden from a sacrifice. But the reason why is because it's not offered on, it's not burned on the altar. It, but it would be eaten as part of it. But it's an interesting distinction as part of this. In fact, when it came to offering this offering, say, well, it's an offering. They go and they, they kill the, you know, kill the little bull, they kill the lamb, and they go and they burn it all. No, they don't burn the whole thing on this sacrifice. Only portions of the sacrifice were burned. You can go back to Leviticus 3 and it'll tell you this part and this part, but there's just a few parts of the sacrifice that were offered to God on the altar. The majority of the sacrifice was given back to the person who brought it, and then a portion of it was given to the priests for their service. This was part of the way God took care of his servants in providing food for them. So what did the person who brought the sacrifice, what did they do with their portion? Which, like I say, it was a good portion of it. What did the priests do with their portion? They ate it. They're not stupid. They ate that, that sacrifice. They got the steak. They got the brisket. They had a cookout. Uh, if, if, pardon the expression. They had a barbecue when they got done with this. This was a, celebrata a celebratory thing. When they when they did this, uh, they got to eat meat. They didn't just get to eat meat a lot back in those days. So this was a big deal when they would go and they would offer this sacrifice. It was a celebration, and we know we do, still do that in our culture. When we celebrate, we eat. That's what we're going to do this week, amen? We're going to eat when we celebrate Thanksgiving. And by the way, it's interesting. I went through and I, I tracked the different appearances of the peace offering when it's offered in the history of Israel. And most of the occasions, it's explicitly mentioned they offered peace offerings, has to do with times of celebration or joy. You'll see that they were offered to celebrate uh, after the defeat of Ai when Joshua and the people were just coming into the land they defeated Ai and they had a moment there where they paused and they renewed the covenant with God they said God we will be your people and they offered these they celebrated they offered a peace offering they were offered when they celebrated Saul being made the first king of Israel I think they may regret that one a little bit later but they were excited at the time and they offered these sacrifices and they ate they offered it to uh, these offerings when they brought the ark back to Jerusalem. When David brought it, they offered these peace offerings and then they had a cookout. They, they celebrated. When, they, when Solomon dedicated the temple, they offered these. It was, a, it, was a, it was a national celebration. When Hezekiah restored the temple, quite a bit later, a couple hundred years later, they offer these sacrifices. It was a celebration. And when Manasseh, the wicked king Manasseh, when he repented of his evil, as it's recorded in Chronicles, not in Kings, but only in Chronicles, they offered these, uh, these sacrifices. It was a celebration. You trace it throughout the Bible. The peace offering, peace offering is associated with joy, with celebration, and with thanksgiving. That brings us back to our text. 
in this section, in this chapter, this section of Leviticus, there's some regulations giving, and, and God kind of makes you work to find all these. He doesn't just give you everything at once. Like I say, you got to go to Leviticus 3, got to go to Leviticus 7, you got to go to here to get all these little details of these sacrifices uh, that, that, that God gives. The two verses we read as our text, uh, really, there's really not a lot of new ground here. These are things I can go back to Leviticus 3, Leviticus 7, and I can show you these things. God is reiterating these uh, these requirements, uh, the, these commands to the people, and that's to emphasize them. And by the way, when God repeats something to emphasize it, it usually is important. He really wants you to know what he's saying. I just have a few quick observations this morning. Seriously, I've only got like two and a half more pages of notes here. First thing I want us to see is there's an expectation that believers will offer thanksgiving. The text doesn't say, if you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. No, it says when you offer. It's not if, but when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. The book of Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 15, said, by him, Christ, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Hey, we covered that verse in Hosea, referencing back to Hosea. We're talking about that this morning, Hosea 14. Paul wrote to the Thessalonian believers, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you, to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I don't have time to track down all the references, but if you go to the New Testament, if you do a search for thank, thanks, thanksgiving, the variations of the word thanks, there's somewhere around thirty or somewhere around seventy-two appearances of that word in some form in the New Testament alone. And I didn't go through and do all those. I didn't want to do that this morning. We're like, okay, everybody turn to Matthew 1, Matthew 2, and we'll go through them all. I didn't want to do that to you. But I just quickly glanced through those, and I think just quickly looking through those, at least half of them I could use as a text verse to preach on Thanksgiving. It's a, it's a concept that is just time and time again brought out in the New Testament. This just presented as a simple fact that a Christian is supposed to be a thankful person. A Christian is supposed to be a thankful person. It's just that simple. The expectation that we will offer thanksgiving. The second thing I want us to note is that being thankful is a choice. Even though it's expected, it's still a choice on our part. The peace offering was offered freely. It was offered Offer it at your own will. God expects thankfulness. He changes our hearts to make us more thankful, but then he leaves that expression of thankfulness to us. You know, no one can say, I have nothing to be thankful for today. Life itself, by the way, not just earthly life, but eternal life, Either one of those are enough just to thank God for the rest of our lives and for all eternity. That Christ would die for us, that's enough. 
If you look around, you can find something to be thankful for. You don't have to have a lot, by the way, to be thankful. In fact, people who have the least are usually the most thankful. I think I use this illustration every year, but uh, my mom, when she was teaching, she always liked to show the uh, the old uh, Little House on the Prairie episode. I think it's the pilot episode where they have Christmas and the little girls, they get just like an orange for Christmas, but their faces just light up with joy because they're thankful to have just that small piece of fruit. When you're living out in that days, that was a big deal. We don't think about that nowadays. I can go to Walmart, I can get some. Sometimes, I think, also, I think America needs to be thankful. We need to go through some hard times. People lived through the Great Depression, they knew how to be thankful. They appreciated what they have. We're just, we're spoiled nowadays. I'm getting off on that, but it's a choice to be thankful. It's a choice. It's a choice to express it. It's of our own free will. Third thing is, we'll say, do not put off being thankful. The next command is that the offerer's portion of the sacrifice was to be eaten by the next morning. There was a very limited amount of time here that you were supposed to eat that sacrifice, that peace offering, the sacrifice of thankfulness. It was not something you could put up for later. Like, okay, I'm going to go can this. I'm going to go put it put it in the freezer. Becky, uh, her dog grimace, she's been really busy lately. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank the Lord, she's been pretty busy. But uh, the other day, she, she's got this one lady, she'll groom her dog, and, and they do a little horse trading. And uh, instead of paying it, she'll give us some, some beef. They, they've got cows and stuff. She'll give us some, some, of the, some of the beef from the cows they've slaughtered. I like that. That's, one of the, that's my favorite customer to see her pull up <laughs> is when she shows up. But, you know, I could go out and I could you know, take the cow up to Munster, get it slaughtered, and I could put that in the You know, we don't even think about, well, I don't have to eat that right now. I'll, I'll put it up for later. But God said specifically, he said, don't make jerky out of this. Don't put it in the smokehouse. Don't put it in the freezer. You need to eat it now. Don't put it off. That's the way our thanksgiving should be. Don't put it off until it's too late to offer it. Don't wait until you forget to be thankful. If you're like me, Jack can testify to this. If I don't put it on my phone, I'm going to forget to do things. I'm going to forget to go by and fix his computer. <laughs> Don't put it off. Do it. Be thankful now. Don't wait until you have no more chances to express it. Thankfulness is something that needs to be offered fresh from the oven. It's not something you put up. not something you can. It's something you need to get out while you have it. The fourth thing don't hold back when giving thanks. Don't hold back when giving thanks. The next direction there that's given there in uh, verse number 30 says, Ye shall uh, leave none of it until the morrow. It's not just you have to eat it, but you can't. You have to eat it all. You can't leave anything unconsumed. It has to all be eaten. By the way, it's kind of, kind of what hopefully my plate looks like here in a few days. You know, eat it all about what it looks like when I go to Cossatorium. I'm scraping up the last little bit on the plate. <laughs> I haven't got to the bad enough to lick it. I think my wife probably would. But uh, uh, y'all been there. You know what I'm talking about. And we're not going to leave any of it behind. We're going to eat it all. 
that's the way it ought to be when we give thanks. To be thoroughly thankful. Not to leave, not just to express it, but to express it fully. It's one thing sometimes just say, oh, thank you. But sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes there's much more that needs to be said, much more that needs to be expressed in our thanksgiving. We need to make sure we express it fully. Don't leave anything out. Express it all. And then the last thing. This one's simple. I think we can all understand this one. The last point about being thankful from these verses is because God said so. What are the last words there? He says, I am the Lord. You know, I'll be honest when I Before I had kids, I had made up my mind. I didn't want to be the kind of parent that just said, do it because I said so. Do it because I said so. I, was like, I, I, I wanted to be able to explain because it was always important to me. I wanted, I wanted them to understand why. Because by the way, I think it's important to understand why they're doing what they're doing. That they don't just do something for the silliness of it. There's the reason behind it. I think they need to learn those reasons behind it. Anyway, if they ask why, I really like to try to explain. They say, well, why do we, why are we do this? Why can't I? Well, let me explain why we can't do that or why, why we can't do that right now. Let me explain why you have to clean your room. <laughs> those kind of things. But there are still times, I knew they would come. I'm not, I'm, I didn't go into this foolishly. I knew there would be times, though, where honestly it doesn't matter why. You're going to do it because I said so. You're going to do it because Mama said so. That's even more important than me saying so. When Mama says it, you got to do it. Sometimes you look at your kid and say, you, why would I have to do that? Because your mom told you to. Why did I have to take out the trash? Because mom told you to. Why, why did I have to mow the yard? Because I told you to. Doesn't matter why else I told you, you need to go do it. Well, why be thankful? Because God said so. He puts his name on the end. He says, because I am the Lord. I, the Lord God, am telling you, do this. If you look up throughout the entire scripture, I told you there's a little over 70 appearances of variations of, of the word thanks in the New Testament alone. In the entire Bible, it's, it's 140 times some variation. Thank, thanks, thanksgiving, variations of that word, according to the search pro, uh, on my Bible program. Now, we could go through that and say, well, look, here's a reason why you'd be thankful. If you're thankful, it does this to your heart. If you're thankful, it gives glory to God. If you, we, could, we could do that, but bottom line, we ought to trust God enough to do it just because he said so. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why? Because God said so. <laughs> it's his will. It's his delight that we be thankful people, that we give thanks not just to him, and we ought to, but we ought to give thanks to those around about us, that we ought to be thankful people. Now, I told you it's short, but that's because we have another little tradition I like to do on Thanksgiving. Y'all get to hear me enough up here so I like to take the time on Thanksgiving to open it up 
We'll give you a chance. Someone here want to be express some thankfulness this morning. Anybody want to give a little testimony here this morning? <laughs>